<laughs> and the funniest part is, right? The Pogues have already said that it's fine. And Kirsty McCall changed the lyrics in all of her live sets from as early as 1992. <laughs> so the people getting worked up over the use of that word not being in a Christmas song anymore are all fucking homophobic. Yes. Anyway, welcome everybody to <laughs> the big damn cast. Um, uh, we're an old slut and drunk. Uh, my name, well, I'm a bit drunk, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> geeky Gossip Nerdy News. Uh, my name is Chris. One more, please, Vicar and, Johnson. And I am circling the drain. Uh, that's the name of your first EP, isn't it? <laughs> that's just circling where I am. We were talking about shit and things that circle drains. Um, we we were just before we started recording, we were just suddenly talking about Limp Biscuit. I can't remember how we got onto it, but we were. Oh, that was it. You said we're rolling. No, went rolling, rolling, rolling. And then we just went off on a tangent, but it ended with the most beautiful thing ever. In the, <laughs> I I said that like I think we almost agree that after that after that one track, we all realised, but do we really need Limp Biscuit? And Matt so eloquently said, I think society has realised it's grown beyond the need for Fred Durst. <laughs> the Red Cap's time has been and gone. Oh, no, 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 no. When you word it that way, the Red Cap came back with a vengeance these last few years. Albeit for a different kind of monster. Oh. Um, Fred Durst is a director now. Well, I mean... Well, he's directed something. There we go. Anyone could make a film and call themselves a director. In this day and age. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> very fucking true. Oh, God. McG you know Richie, calls um, himself a director. Yeah. He's a good he's a good producer, McG. Right, when he produces stuff, it tends to be stuff I enjoy. Stuff like Chuck. Terrible so, yeah. at names, right. though. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> barely spell his own. Um, do you know what Lucy uh, rewatched the other day? Which I realised is like... Probably one of my favourite horror films of the last ten years, weirdly. Um, as above, so below. Yeah, that's pretty good. As found footage movies go, mm. that's but it's definitely one of the better ones. I had a quick look up though, because I was like, "What is the response to?" Because it really got to me. I I have like, I guess erratic claustrophobia. Sometimes it bothers me, very rarely, and then I'll just suddenly have an episode once in a million years. There is some really nasty claustrophobia stuff in that movie as well. I mean, ninety percent of it takes place in the catacombs under Paris. And goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's like, oh my God. In the cinema, I was just tense the whole way through. Mm -hmm. um, and then on home video, I, was, I felt exactly the same way. Uh, but she was watching it the other night. It was, she was putting stuff on in the background on Prime while she was making masks. Lucy's underscore crafty underscore crafts on Instagram. Folks. Yeah, we received um, our masks today. We're very happy with them. I got my, I got my new one uh, today. She said, I saved your second one for the end because I had so many to make. Here it is. So I went shopping today and my Wonder Woman mask. And I was very happy about that. And what about your science um, heights? Hey, I was fighting for my rights <laughs> to get the roll for the loo. Bomb, 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 bomb. Stuck up on pasta. Anyway, I... Um, yeah, she was, she was watching stuff on Prime in the background and that came off. She watched a bunch of crap straight to, you know, streaming and DVD horror movies. And that came up and she went, oh, God, yeah, I'll put that on. She's streaming it and then she took it to bed with her and it was on the TV when I came to bed. And I'm there going, great, I'm going to have nightmares tonight, but sod it, like, we'll have a cuddle and watch the end of this film. Out of curiosity, I looked it up. Do you know that film has got, like, a largely negative reception? 
Yeah, people didn't like it. People I did, don't get it. People tend because, not to like found footage films, critically. Well, I think that was it, because it was 2014. So it was like toward yeah. the very end of that as a booming genre. Um, yeah, definitely like, in the like death the superhero genre. Much like the superhero genre like was reinvigorated in 99 through to 2002, and then sort of evolves and reappears in its final form and takes over the uh, the 2010s. Yeah. Uh, the found footage film ran about the same time period, 98, 99, Blair Witch era, and then the late 2000s with the paranormal activity like sort of re- restarts this and, and wreck, like restart the whole, this is a, a, a genre in itself that we could do things with. Yeah, I think paranormal um, activity was brought was what brought it into the mainstream. Because uh, yeah. I know wreck was me remade as quarantine for the American market. Um, yeah, but, and uh, is they were still kind of arguably not movies. as good. <laughs> eh? Quarantine's arguably not as good. No, no I... I, I Mm, I don't think there's much arguable about it. I think the general consensus is that it's not as good. Wreck is phenomenal. Wreck is fucking terrifying. Um, American remakes tend not to be as good as the films that they're remaking. That is indeed a truth. Um, but yeah, I, I looked up the reviews and apparently as above, so below's main criticism was, as as you predicted, good sir. Um, like, we're sick of found footage now. And I'm like, cool. Not many of these are reviewing the film. No, they're, they're reviewing the genre. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be it'd be interesting to throw that one out there now. Now that it's on some streaming services and see if it gets a new audience. Because mm. as far as found footage goes, it's it's a fucking effective movie. It's not a we found this tape and you won't believe what you've seen. It's a no that you're just seeing it from the POV of the helmet cams that they're all wearing on their torchlights because yeah. they're in catacombs. If we are filming them, you wouldn't believe they were in these tiny spaces. No. It's like, yeah, that no. that that tracks. And hey, <laughs> it's, it's it. a lot better than the Chernobyl Diaries, I'll tell you that. <gasps> she rewatched that this week as well. It's not very good. No, she saw it in the cinema and hated it. And then the other night she went, I just watched, watched Chernobyl Diaries. She was like, oh, you saw that in the cinema, didn't you? You thought it was shit. She went, yeah. It's like, what about your reevaluation? She went, I just wasted two fucking hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, it sure. It remains shit. Yeah. Do you know what else is kind of shit? What? The pop cultural landscape right now, Mayhew. Not just the pop cultural landscape, to be fair. I mean, everything. 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 But we have managed over this uh, very short lockdown uh, of two, three weeks. We're about to hit May now. And wait, what? Sorry, my calendar seems to have blown several months ahead. Yeah. That can't be right. But um, it's 2027. We've managed in the last 700 episodes since the coronavirus uh, pandemic swept to our fair isle to talk about something every week. We've managed to talk about something new. And we have some new things to talk about this week. I mean, one could, I think one could charitably argue that we've talked about nothing the whole time. Since episode one back yeah. in 2016, yeah. But we, um... Sorry, I'm eating chocolate. But As we, well you uh, should. As well um, you should. Um, um, I'm eating chocolate and drinking Jack Daniels. Um, I'm not drinking. It's I'd a school night. Drink some chocolate and eat a frozen piece of Jack Daniels. Uh, I have um, got some whiskey in the freezer, so... Have, have a tiny dram before you go to bed. Just a tiny dram to warm your insides and uh, fall asleep to. No. No, I All shan't. Because right. I have to drive in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But... But... All right, fine, Mr. Responsible. So... <laughs> Um, this week more than most has been bereft. It's a stiff 
<laughs> Sorry, what? If you'd have nailed it to the perch, the Pop Cultural Newsweek would be pushing up the daisies. It's... It sod all has happened. I mean, that being said, now now I've quoted that the pirate sketch out loud. Uh, John Cleese has definitively proved that he's a fucking turf. So okay. that's fun. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he, back in September, said that he would have signed the J.K. Rowling letter and um, has since been really going off on the idea of, of like, men dressed as women is is not... You can't choose to be that. That's disgusting. And it's clearly all for predatory reasons. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, John. Great. You too. Wonderful. Cool. So, cool. Yeah, uh, uh, unless... <laughs> unless Eric Idle is suddenly revealed to be a, some kind of monster, uh, the old adage is true. Uh, Palin is the nicest python. <laughs> <laughs> they always said it. They all said it over the years in documentaries that like, oh, well, Michael, he's just adorable. Wouldn't hurt a fly. He's the sweetest fella ever. Like, It's weird to see him get angry because he never gets angry. He's always lovely. He's always full of love for everybody. Now that we've lost Terry Jones, now Cleese has turned out to be a turf. Now that Gilliam has turned out to be um, fucking bizarre and have his own backwards opinions, especially when it comes to women's rights. Um, you know, we're, we're, and Graham, of course, no longer being with us, Chapman not being with us for mm-hmm. a long time now. Um, we've got Idle and Palin, and I hope Idle doesn't turn out to be a shit eel because uh, he retweeted me this week. <laughs> and I, it'll, it'd suck if it turns out he's a twat as well. It's be- so. Yeah, well, to be fair, you were tweeting about how much you hate the Jews. Yeah, maybe that was a giveaway. Oh, yeah, he shouldn't have agreed with me. I'm a monster. Clarification. We're joking. <laughs> oh, oh, um, yeah, no, I just um, I got a sudden burst of activity on Twitter, and I was like, "Where the hell's this come from?" And it was because Eric Idle had retweeted a, a pun. Like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Cool. No, I love a good pun. Says Eric Idle oh. as he retweets the Johnson. <laughs> There, um, someone had asked him to come up with like a. They're having a pub crawl in their uni halls, like safe and everything. And so we're gonna we want to name one of the places after like a Python thing. What's your suggestion? And he came up with I think he called it the uh, the, the wink and nudge. And <laughs> he asked people to come up with suggestions, and I, I was like, I can't believe no one had mentioned. I just replied with, Well, surely the crunchy frog, because there's the whole <laughs> sketch with the chocolate quality control. And, Spring surprise where you bite into it and a spring pierces your cheeks from yeah, the inside. With uh, uh, uh. a crunchy frog. That's what I'll do. That made me happy. Um But as far as popular culture is concerned, it's been um it's been a goddamn ghost town. In fact, some people have made it a ghost town for health and safety reasons, as well they should. As well they should. Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot this week simultaneously released a statement from Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman 1984, revealing that the Christmas Day release scheduled for the States, so over it would have been the week before, um, uh, Christmas Day in the States release of Wonder Woman 1984 has been reduced to a very limited number of theatres ones that are in certain levels of um, COVID uh, security and numbers. But for the rest of the United States, and indeed anyone who can get hold of HBO Max, so none of us poor bastards over here, (laughs) they will be able to uh, see Wonder Woman 1984 from Christmas Day on HBO Max at home. 
Meaning that the last great holdout, the last big name holdout for Christmas that had been put back at back to Christmas in, I think it was May we reported on it. Like in May, they said November tentatively and then shortly after confirmed Christmas Day. Um, Time is an illusion now, so I have no idea when it was. Yeah, the, the, the last one remaining in Christmas that had been put back ages ago has made the correct choice of going, yeah, we do not want to bring people out en masse into theatres. Mm right now but we also don't want people to wait and around christmas time people want distractions so Mm. we're just gonna put it on a service that hey get a free trial or pay for a like two three month period and you can watch the movie it's like hey for that price that's not bad it's a big loss financially for warner brothers overall Mm. um but i think it's the right call if if they aren't gonna hold it off longer and they desperately want to put it out this year, then limited screenings in areas with low COVID trace, uh, track and trace numbers and home release uh, across the United States. They have made the right call. Um, There's two right calls. Do this or put it back again. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, for one, welcome our Wonder Woman-shaped overlords because if we do indeed get <laughs> a platform to, to watch it on in the UK um by christmas legally then i'll definitely watch that week after christmas it wouldn't shock me though if we don't get it till next year over here yeah and again i've waited long enough i'll wait longer i mean look my wallpaper has has been wonder woman 1984 wallpaper since like january <laughs> on my phone my uh my, my my home screen and everything has been wonder woman 1984 stuff on my phone i've been pretty pumped to see this i can wait longer I just hope the internet realizes that the whole world ain't getting it at the same time, and I mean they won't fills it, you know. We can, yeah, so I'm gonna have to avoid social media for several months. Um, but this could be uh, going along the lines of the Mulan uh, formula, where mm. uh, Disney Plus put Mulan out at a premium price. Um, which, if you're in a household with four people, like two parents, two kids, it was a great price in terms mm. of like how much it would have cost to go to the cinema. Great price. If you're in a household of two people, just curious to watch it. It sucked as a price. It was horrible. <laughs> um, but Mulan, within a month, was out on Blu-ray and DVD. So yeah. if this turns out to be a similar situation where in January Wonder Woman comes out on Blu-ray, sure, I'll do it. Do you I'll think have it a big was screening out- night at my house. I'll put it on. I'll, I'll turn off everything else in the house and watch Wonder Woman 84. And do, you think- it. <laughs> do you think it was... I'll grab the tissues. Do you think- for crying. For crying. For crying. Do you think it was on Blu-ray and DVD... So quickly because the Disney Plus premium pricing wasn't as successful as they hoped. Well, they took a huge loss on Mulan. But I think the way they looked at it was it's better than making no money <clears throat> and putting it out in screens during the peak time in America for yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it, putting it on home video. And also, I mean, it was the second Disney, as they call it so f- annoyingly on the Disney Plus service, um reimagining uh reimagining okay it was the second disney reimagining um to go straight to disney plus because of course one of the day one incentives was lady in the tramp yeah which i've not heard anyone talk about which is not necessarily testament to a lack of quality more so that no one was getting disney plus to watch the reimagining of lady i couldn't tell you a damn thing about it yeah have you noticed the ones with um, Bar Lion King, apparently? 
But the ones with animal protagonists seem to be the ones people haven't been as fussed about. Like Dumbo didn't do big numbers. I think it goes back to the thing of uh, if you've got animal protagonists, why bother doing a live action remake? Mm. Fan casting. That's that's the appeal, yeah. I think, for a lot of people. We live in the Tumblr generation, for better or worse. Uh, there are folks who went to see Beauty and the Beast because they were just like, oh, yeah, him as him. That'd be great. Her as her. That'd mm. be brilliant. Yeah, I'd buy that. And they just go and watch it. And, you know, hey, if people get if people, we've said this before many times on the show. If you enjoy a thing that we don't like or general consensus is is bad, you know, sort of negative sway on it, power to you. We wish we enjoyed it, too. Yeah, too right. Um, But the Disney remakes, bar the Jungle Book and I guess Cinderella, are a load of shit. Um, hmm? And Soulless. And don't put any new spin on the films apart from, here's us explaining away a thing. Now there's no plot hole. It's like, right? Is that why this was made? To explain away plot holes? No, I don't understand. You know, it's it. that's not why it was made. It was made no. because they thought they could get a second bite of the apple, like on the, the villains, same IP, like the villains from the Tom and Jerry movie. They've got to have money. The Tom, and, the Tom and Jerry movie, not to be confused with the upcoming Tom and Jerry the movie, um, <laughs> which released a trailer this week to middling fanfare uh i'll say this have you have you seen this or any clips or images from it i didn't even know this was a thing okay so a tom and jerry movie is coming out at some point in 2021 uh it is done it is wrapped it was mostly shot early this year it's post-production is the thing that's kept it like taking so long wait is this live action this is a live action film but tom and jerry are animated tom and jerry are animated in cgi but lit shot and directed like their 2d counterparts so they look gorgeous they look absolutely beautiful because they've gone the roger rabbit route of no they're cartoon characters let's portray them as cartoon characters okay they look stunning it's gonna be dog shit though because it's every single plot well 90 percent of the movies produced in the 2000s and 2010s based on old children's properties that kids are vaguely aware of but their parents definitely know about all seem to centre around the cartoons in question coming to or being raised in, quote, our world, unquote. Mm. Either through dimensional shenanigans or they're like one of a kind of the animal that they are or whatever. And in this case, it's just they are just a cat and a mouse. But they look different to everyone else for reasons. Um, the plot is... Jerry leaves the house. They they sort of made up or something, and he buggers off to the big city. <coughs> oh wow! So it really is the plot of every two thousands. Uh, he sets up in a big rotation. expensive hotel in New York, and starts causing havoc because Jerry's never been a hellraiser. He just does his own thing and wants to be left alone. Like he's cheeky, but he's never been like a pest. He, he's you know the plot has never been of Tom and Jerry. Jerry's a monster, so Tom has to kill Jerry. It's been Tom's a cat, Jerry's a mouse. The mouse is going to get chased by the See, cat. That's the plot. Occasionally, that's a movie that I'd watch. Occasionally, you have the 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 lady in the house who's like, "Oh, I'm scared of the mouse, Thomas, Thomas," and then Thomas chases the mouse, and we all sit there feeling really uncomfortable because of the stereotyping. Mm. But like, she's not in this, uh, so um, it's you know, sure, fine, but. 
the best Tom and Jerry stuff's the later stuff where the art style gets weird and it's just obscure and bizarre levels of slapstick and it this film looks like it's got the slapstick in spades hmm. or in irons. At one point in the trailer, Tom <laughs> gets bludgeoned around the face with an iron. So there's a lot of, you know, hardcore them doing their thing in it, which is like, great. Sure. Sure. But Jerry moves to the big city. Hotel's going to go to shit. Manager, who is Michael Pena, is getting really annoyed. So new, like, supervisor or whatever who wants the better job. Chloe Grace Moretz is like, right, we need to get rid of a mouse. We get rid of a mouse with a cat. And she hires a cat. And it's Jer- it's Tom. And that's the film. It's Chloe Moretz when you say, and Tom trying to kill Jerry. When you that's say the she, she hires a cat, does she hire it from an agency like a car? Or does she hire him as an independent contractor? Oh, she, just goes to the, she just goes to the cat skills and asks for someone really over the top. <laughs> That was a really obscure performance joke, and I hope people enjoy it. Um, I so. hate you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'd watch a live-action Tom and, Tom and Jerry adaptation where Jerry was a monster and Tom had to hunt him down and put him down once and for all. Some kind of really weird... Um, some really uh, weird... Uh, what was the what was the Brightburn? Some some like Brightburn take on Tom and Jerry. <laughs> it's like it's the concept you all know, but we're taking it in a really violent, scary direction. Yeah. It's like, oh god. <laughs> I mean, they've made a wise decision. The last time there was a Tom and Jerry movie, it was an animated film in the early nineties, and everyone hates it because they talk. And um, they shouldn't talk. Tom and Jerry shouldn't talk. They are silent protagonists. They are Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. You know, they work better that way. Mm. So in this one, they ain't talking. Smart decision. Smart decision. But uh, Until the very end for... where Tom says, Tom smash! Uh, no, there's a Batman joke in the trailer. Oh, sure. Of course there's there is. There's a bit where he like uses a glider and the gliding suit he's wearing is not unlike Robert Pattinson's Batman costume. Wow. So, all right. Up to the minute pop culture references. I mean, that actually is quite an up to the minute. Mm. It's going to be the first appearance of a Robert Pattinson Batman joke before Robert Pattinson's Batman actually appears on a big screen. It's not so much recursive so, humor as predictive humor. Yeah. We all know the best Batman joke in a film that has fuck all to do with Batman is Gremlins 2, anyway. Um,. <laughs> I mean, come on! It's so it's so perfect and stupid. Like Bat Gremlin smashes through the wall. Everyone looks around, and the bat symbols the shape in the wall makes no sense. Doesn't need to be there. Gets a laugh every time. Um, it's like the entirety so, of Gremlins too. Yeah, it doesn't need to be there, but it gets a laugh every time. Uh, best movie ever made. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm wearing a Gremlins two T-shirt right now. I can't not defend it in every possible way. It even has Gremlins two logo on it. Not Gremlins. Gremlin it do. doesn't need defending. It speaks for itself. Thank you. What it says is, start spreading the news. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving today. Oh, I love that film so freaking much. Um, Anyway, Tom and Jerry joining the legions of all modern adaptations of cartoons that suck all the life and charm at the original cartoon by just setting them in the big city like the Smurfs, Smurfs 2, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, fucking what's oh, what's that other one that like came out a few years back? Where it was again, it was another property, and they just basically stuck them in the real world. Oh, that'll come to me. Um, did you do that won't. with Top Cat? Yes. 
Well, no, Top Cat was animated, but it was animated in this really weird, like, cel-shaded, semi-3D-looking thing. And it just mm. didn't translate. And it came out, and it left. It, just, it was out, and it was gone. And it was like, oh, was that it? Was that was that it? Was that it? Um, if anyone's yes. going to ad- adapt any of these things again, do what... Uh, do what <laughs> do what the banana splits movie did and be like look we want to do five nights at freddy's cuz we have a treatment for a five nights at freddy's movie that's been thrown out but we've written it and we think it'd work and that film's going to take forever warner brothers do you have any like old kids stuff under your legal jurisdiction that we could just use for your straight to dvd line uh we own hanna barbera so we've got the banana splits right we're doing that <laughs> So they made Five Nights at Freddy's, but the banana splits. I should. I that, I really do want to see that. Actually, my friend Phil says it's a it's really really good. But my friend Phil has terrible taste in movies, um, and uh, though I respect him a lot, uh, when he keeps trying to convince me <laughs> to watch the movie Poultry Geist, <laughs> which is not a movie about possession or ghosts, it's a movie about zombie chickens. Um, I do have to doubt whether or not I should stay in touch with him at all. Um, he insists it's worth it because it's also a musical, but I, I have my doubts. So, yeah. I'm sorry, what? Uh, Tom and Jerry, coming to cinemas in 2021. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's a movie called Poultrygeist yes. about zombie chickens, which yes. is also a musical. Well, yeah, obviously. Come on. Come on. Were you not? Were you not all up in that? Were you not all up in them guts? I know what I'm doing this weekend. Um, <laughs> hey, when there's nothing else coming out, watch Poultry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After, of course, oh, I've watched God. The Mandalorian. Yes. <laughs> Vague spoilers incoming, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this was fun. It continues this was to real be great. Fun. Yeah, it was it was the first episode that Okay, so basic plot Mandalorian returns to Bumblefuck, New Jersey, whatever the planet's called. Navarro. Again. That's the one. And he gets there and um sorry, I need to take another sip of my brain brainy juice one second. Ah, your brain juice. Is that what you call it now? Yes, it makes my brain do good. Fresh brains. Um mm, brain holes. <laughs> and uh <laughs> what you all you gotta do is you get gotta get under the brain and just milk its little pink grey teats. <laughs> And uh, don't filter it. Just, just take it right in. So I've got to edit graphics after this. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he goes back to Navarro and uh, to get the Razor Crest repaired. Mm-hmm. And there he meets Grief and Cara Dune, who are like, hey, it's been a bit. Uh, things are all right here. Relatively peaceful. We've got street markets. That's how you know things are going well, because there's, there's banners and chain links turned the bar into a school yeah the very well reconstructed bar it turns out mm. um and the criminal that uh, we were introduced to at the start of the show the very start uh it was frozen in carbonite at the beginning uh is there working on on grief's behalf like to work off his debt on the books because he was good at that before so we're going to use him as a secretarial assistant now and uh, Grief is like, hey, yeah, so let's put the child in the school for a day and he could eat some uh, blue macaroons because <laughs> what we need from you uh, is a favour. And Mando's like, 
you're only saying you need a favor because that's the plot of the show. I show up somewhere. I want a thing. They give it to me in exchange for a favor. And Grief goes, don't think about it too much. It's eight episodes a year. Stop, stop like ruining it for everyone. Um, there is an Imperial lab tucked away on Navarro that was thought abandoned, but enough evidence has, has arrived to show that there might be some troopers out and about. So yes. the plan is to just get there, find whoever's in there and kill them. When they get there, though, they find that there's a lot more going on. Namely, and I can't fucking believe I'm saying this. Plot elements designed to apologize for the rise of Skywalker's lack of explanation. Possibly. Possibly. Possibly, but come on. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, come that, on. yeah, yeah. So we finally learned through recordings at this base, which turns out to be a laboratory, that um, the child is needed because of its M count. AKA midichlorians. Mm. They know it's strong in the in the force. They need samples of its blood to try out on clone bodies. Um, everything they've tried on so far has died. They're running out of the sample they took from the start of series one. Mm-hmm. They need the child. So not only is Mando like, yeah, I need to keep the child safe. It's now, oh, I need to keep them safe because we're being pursued. Mm. It's not just that we could be found, it's that the Empire are actively looking for us now. And I've just brought him back here. We need to blow this place sky high and get off world immediately. Um, It's pretty heavily implied through the weird clony things and the fact they're trying to create a force-wielding clone that this is either the beginnings of Snoke, the the now as we know puppeteered avatar that the emperor uses to lead the first order mm. or this is the beginnings of the emperor's new body based on the expanded media from the after the rise of skywalker explaining that the pre- the christ <laughs> that the emperor we saw in rise of skywalker was not the original body that fell down the lift shaft and whatnot. It's a clone <laughs> body that he was transferred into, which doesn't explain why they gave him fucked up fingers, which are clearly meant to make you think of him shooting lightning out of his hands as he plummets to his death. Why would the clone have injuries at its finger? I don't know. It's fucking stupid. Ugh. So that was the one <laughs> thing to really... Well, that was one of two things that were a challenge to me this week. Because this was the first time we've watched an episode of Mando since art from artist discussion coming up, folks. Brace yourselves. Learning that Gina Carano is oh, a bit yeah. of a nasty twat. <laughs> yeah. We've touched on this a little in previous so podcasts, but we've never dived in. Uh, Gina Carano over the last few months has revealed that she is quite happy to mock uh, trans individuals and their pronouns Mm -hmm. in a way where she says, I'm only taking the mickey out of the people who take this too seriously. Don't worry about it. I have, you know, I love all people. I love everybody, whatever lifestyle you choose to lead, etc, etc. It's like, Gina, you... If you have a problem with... uh, allies and and trans individuals being incredibly on it and nervous and reactive then what you should be doing is going is just not talking if there are people who are attacking you don't interact with them Mm. just don't interact with them 
If it's people who are genuinely being on top of you for no reason, don't interact with them. To acknowledge it this way is to suggest that you are happy to take the piss out of people regardless of whether they are an annoying arsehole coming after you or just someone trying to calmly explain, hey, Gina, this is a little hurtful and here's why. Or this is quite hurtful and here's why. Um, especially react reflecting really badly on her when you compare it to the likes of Pedro Pascal, John Boyega, like yeah. other stars from this franchise and its modern iteration, Mark, you know, Mark Hamill, who have very openly been allies to marginalized groups and yeah. people in the LGBTQ plus community, etc., etc. So there's that. Add to that the fact that she is like a late thirties, early forties, right leaning mom who shares memes on her Facebook on her Facebook page, but she does it on her Twitter account that are all clearly like, you know pro-life and the election was rigged and all these things and you're like gina come on come on you play a hero in a tv show where people look up to you like fucking crazy like uh, and oh come on now there'll be some people listening now saying what she's not allowed to have political beliefs being trans is not a political stance it's being a human fucking being like it's not an opinion for christ's sake um yeah so let's stop there yes unfortunately lgbtq issues have become politicized doesn't mean that the individuals are a political issue they're a person treat them with respect for christ's sake yeah um and that extends back toward gina the difference here is it's the hypocrisy it's the hypocrisy of it all it's the chris pratt thing all over again it's like you can't Say you believe in all these things, that you're a good person, you let the Lord lead you and all this, that and the other, and then treat a type of person like shit because you don't understand them. It's so weird. It, and for it to play a hero who's about liberating the oppressed and then to be oppressive on a social media. It's, yeah, it's just, not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Now, I can, for the most part... Depending on the individual, I can, for the most part, separate art from artist enough to still absorb a media. If I can't do it enough, I'm happy to just not absorb that media anymore. I'm like, that's fuck. Like, I'll be honest, I don't think I have yet returned to a movie that Kevin Spacey's been in since finding out the extent of the things he did. And even more so after his weird, creepy Frank Underwood YouTube video rebuttals. I that watched, made it weirder to me. I, I watched Seven watch... recently. Yeah. Like, and I, it was weird. That's one I want to go back to because I loved it. I, I loved Baby Driver. Like, mm. I still want to go back to these movies because I think enough time will pass that I can watch it. I think that initial watch will be weird. Um, we're not comparing Gina Carano to Kevin Spacey. But we're talking about the idea of knowing that an artist is something and they are playing the polar opposite of it on screen. Yeah, yeah. Is, is tough. Or is it great acting? Ha ha ha. No, but it's just like, oh, <laughs> that's upsetting. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, it, this was interesting to me. Uh, I think I had to... For the first time ever, I think I had to just see, see her as Cara Dune, not as Gina Carano playing Cara Dune. I had to just go, remember how this character made you feel in series one? And focus on that. Like, that's who you're watching now. Mm. You're not watching Gina Carano. And I think in light of the um, the things we've learned about uh, Rosario Dawson and her family uh, and the pending court things, several of which have been dropped now, apparently, but some stuff still hasn't. 
uh, with regards to, I think it was a housekeeper who was trans individual and they bullied and uh, derided this person a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of the charges from that individual have been dropped, but some remain. So that means there's some stuff that they're still fighting for or believe that they can actually win yeah. and fight for. But that's going to be a bit difficult when we get to Ahsoka Tano, presumably next week, since next week's directed by Dave Filoni, uh, co-creator of the character. Yeah. Um, it's That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. And it sucks that we even have to talk about any of this shit, really. Well, I mean, first off, it sucks that they've been involved in these things. But, like, it sucks we even have to talk about this shit because Mando has been such a great escape this last month. It's been such a wonderful weekly appointment of, yeah, fuck what's going on in the world. Let's watch the funny storybook kids show where the Westerner, oh, with the Western cowboy dude and the silver armor and the little green baby shoot bad guys and have yeah. adventures. It's um, become a, it's become the highlight of my weekend. It's been my, my Saturday morning Mando. Yeah. Oh, you get it in the ultimate kids show way then. You mm. wake up on Saturday morning and watch it. <laughs> Bowl cereal? No. Um, usually late morning, early afternoon. Ah. Well, I'll probably have ah. a late breakfast and watch some Mando. Mando for brunch. Yeah, Mando brunch. Mando brunch. Mando brunch. Have a tiny little have a tiny little cocktail while you're watching it. Have a little liquid lunch. No, I'm not I'm not that um lush. But you do that thing where you put your pinky up, no matter what drink you're drinking. Oh yeah. So but you may you may as well like you know dive into the whole like oh I'm a brunch person I brunch now. I'm a brunch. I'm always a brunch person and a you know second breakfast person and an elevensies <laughs> person and a. I was waiting for the elevensies to come out. Dinner, supper, afternoon tea. Um. Oh, I want to watch the trilogy again now. Sorry, sorry, no, I need to. Uh, it's not the trilogy. Do you want to set Randall Graves off? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we did, we, we did finish revisiting the prequel trilogy recently. Did you? How was that? Because, well, I stand by my belief that they are bad movies, but I have mellowed on aspects of them way more over the last ten years. Episode one is fine if a little dull in places and plodding. It's, it's my heresy. It's my favorite of the three. Uh, no, I can, I can see that. Um, it's just, it's just, it's dumb and silly, and has some interesting visuals. It's, it's shit, but it's like, yeah. nicely packaged shit. Well, and it, there's some great choreography in it. It benefits over the the next two in that a lot of it is still physical sets and models. Yeah, in a way that it yeah. isn't in the next two. Attack of the Clones is a mess to the point when we oh, didn't even finish it. Oh, that speaks to me. I tried watching them chronologically for the first time ever about seven years ago. And I was yelling at the TV during Clones. It was annoying me so much. I didn't return to my ma- my uh, marathon for six months. We didn't even make it to the arena in Geonosis. <gasps> but that's where they've got a bad feeling about this. And we just didn't make it. That fact, we were just like, let's go to bed. <laughs> you at least learned what sand is, right? Uh, it's coarse and rough and irritating <laughs> and it gets everywhere. Um, yeah. Yay. D- honestly, episode two is, is barely watchable. Like mm. it's it's just it's like pulling fucking teeth. Um, the one cool thing about it, we don't even need anymore. Oh, we never really had Boba Fett do much, so we're gonna kind of <laughs> give you that <laughs> with Django Fett. Okay, cool, but this movie's not very good. Oh, the Mandalorian exists now. All right, well, fuck Attack of the Clones. Put it away now. Don't need it. Don't yeah. need it at all. Goodbye. Good day. <laughs> and everything's CGI, but the tech's not there yet. 
Um, yeah, oh, whole whole scenes where poor Christopher Lee is talking to a room of not put in the scene yet. Things going, yeah, just like what is happening? Yeah. And also, are these guys also hideous racist allegories tucked away inside George's bizarre translation of what other races should look like in Star Wars that aren't humanoid? And how they all seem to have coding that suggests that. Maybe George should have had help creating these things. Uh, yes, yes, that's kind of that's, that's kind of gross. That's all true. Yeah, the Geonosians. I I didn't, but I didn't really realize it the first time I saw the film or, or in the subsequent viewings. I've recently been watching Clone Wars. I'm in series two, and there's a whole plot on Geonosia, and it's like Geonosis, and it's like, oh, oh, I've just realized what like the headdresses are and the yeah. Oh, George, no, no, George, no. Um. Although one can argue there's even voodoo. There's even voodoo. They have brain worms that possess people in the in the show. There's voodoo. One one could argue uh, that the show's interpretation of it is more on Dave Filoni. So true, but Dave Filoni, I guess, is sticking to the script very heavily because he's about being faithful and expanding on George's thing. Uh, he's got a great defense of the prequels. There's that there's that the gallery episode on Disney Plus where he like explains the arc of Anakin and everything and what it really means in the prequels. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the movies are bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The ideas might be good, but the movies are bad. Yeah. Um, How did you find Sith on revisit? I think for my money, it's the best of the three. It is very silly (laughs) in places, (laughs) Uh, but I think it's mostly pretty fun. And I think it's got the best action of the three. Mm. Um, like the opening space battle and like ship uh, escape is really good. Um, Chancellor, please. Sith lords are our speciality. <laughs> so, and yeah, it's it's almost knowing. I think I feel like mm. Revenge of the Sith is a film that was made with George Lucas looking back at Attack of the Clones and going, "Oh well, uh, that 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 didn't work." Ah. Uh, it's let's, also the only kids movie I can think different. of that opens with a beheading. Well, quite. <laughs> and also, uh, despite the the weird CGI face move moment, I really, really like the scene with uh, Palpatine and Anakin at the opera. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really like the mood of it is really cool. And I. Do you see what atmosphere. I was saying a few weeks back about like he is just flat out implying that he created Anakin? Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like he it, he did it. Like that's how he like he Anakin is his kid, but he's mm. not like I need a son. He's like no, I just wanted to create a plaything that could be my bodyguard, and mm. it's you. So do your thing. <laughs> um, it's the it's the way McDermott delivers it. It's just genius. Like Hayden Christensen is not even looking at him. And you're oh. just kind of looking at him in this way that's it's, it's weirdly paternal. And you can tell that he's on the cusp of being like, my son, or something like that. It's, oh, it's, him, and, oh. him and Ewan McGregor. Ian McDermott and Ewan McGregor are the MVPs of the tri- of the prequel trilogy. Like, saying the, Scot- because... the Scots are the only good ones. Well, <laughs> unlike, some <Yes>. of the, <laughs> unlike some of the rest of the cast, they know what movies they're in. Very true. To the you point are the where chosen one! I do, I do absolutely <laughs> love the moment 
where Hugh McGregor has to cover his mouth telling Padme about Anakin killing so, younglings. Secure it a hologram of them. He's cracking up. I love killing it. Killing younglings. Oh, Padme. Oh, I'm so sorry, Padme has killed Fucking, you what? Mate? He's like in this. He's he's like I'm in this Star Wars movie, delivering this awful dialogue. This is brilliant. It's just, <laughs> oh my god, he's 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 an absolute treasure in those those films. You really, yeah. well, well, in two and three, like the first one, he's fine. He's he doesn't get cool. much to it's do. Like, oh, it's young Obi Wan, and he's yeah. it's kind of sexy. All right, cool. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> And then in two and three, it's just, I've decided I'm going to do an impression for the whole two films. <laughs> and they're going to make me look more and more like Alec Guinness. Um, <laughs> I love how his exile makes fuck all sense in the context of Sith. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm going to go to exile hiding. Like, Master Yoda and I were going to hiding. Where are you going to hide? About 20 minutes walk away from the boy I'm meant to be avoiding and leaving in complete anon- anonymity. Do you not think you being near him would probably alert anyone who came looking for him if they ever found it existed that maybe that was indeed the person they were looking for? This is not the boy I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll use that again later. Um, just well, no, I because know. I think the idea was always for them to train Luke and then use him against the Emperor. Like that was that was the game they're playing. Yeah, okay, I see. Well, I don't know because he seems so detached in context then when you visit Star Wars. It's sort of like, oh, here's me. And it's like, they, they've clearly spoken before, but they've not really hung out at yeah, all. Again, or... this is something that has been sort of fixed by a lot of the new Expanded Universe stuff. Yeah. Particularly <laughs> uh, the Marvel comics. Mm, that, that issue is amazing. Like, really they've done a couple the of run, those. They've done a couple of from the journals of Ben Kenobi issues. Because the uh, the belief is that that is going to be the basis for whatever the other one series ends up being, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be an off-world mission. I think I think he has to leave Tatooine briefly, and there's going to be an element of peril on Tatooine. So there's kind of like a ticking clock element where he's got to get back, um, and be like there as a watchful eye over Luke, mm. whilst being stuck dealing with this other thing off-world. Um, mostly just so they can go Godfather 3 with it at one point. So I'd be like, every time I think that I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> but who's they, Obi? Who's they? Um, Garble Schneebelwitz and his old pal Dexter Jetster. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you're in hiding, but... Somebody's got to help me clean the burger here's, grill. Here's a moment. Here's, here's, here's a, th- a thing in that. <laughs> There's right? big old fishy jowls just flopping around. So, Dexter Jetster. Yeah. He, him and Obi-Wan have that moment where, the, where they're like, oh, the droids, the the uh, the, the uh, archive droids didn't miss this thing on the, on the, on the dart, so I couldn't identify it. And then... I think it's open ones like, well, if droids could think, then where would we be? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter's married to a droid. Sorry, I think what you mean is Dexter's married to a sex toy. Based <laughs> on that conversation they've just had. We also know that droids can think and that they are sentient. 
this, the, the notion of droids in Star Wars is real fucked up and murky. And it's it very complicated. Who's writing it. Yeah. It's very complicated. That's one thing I hate about the prequels. The, the Anakin built 3PO. I hate that. That was the first time they ever did something in the franchise, which made me feel like the universe of it was so small. Mm. It was so tiny. Oh, so C-3PO was built by Darth Vader. Why? What does that add to anything? Well, it shows he's good with machines. What does that add to anything? Mm. He, he doesn't need to be good with machines. He's a good pilot. We know that. That's been established before we ever met him. Yeah, because he we tries to and that's a good trick. It is a good trick, I'll tell you that from now, <laughs> young sir. Do you remember when we see when we go back to you must have got this. Did you get as far as Anakin butchering the Tuscan Raiders? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um which now after Mandalorian series two is like Yeah, he did they do things to his mother? Or has he been led to believe that and he's just been a racist and killed? I think there was people? one I think it was a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. where it is revealed that Palpatine orchestrated the kidnap of his mother What's and Shmi. Shmi. And to basically... To, to, <laughs> Don't to, try to stop me, Shmi. Don't try to stop me, Shmi. Don't try to stop me, Shmi. Stop me, Shmi. <laughs> um, <laughs> Revenge of the Hook. <laughs> now that, watch. Uh... <laughs> But yeah. does, it still have, does it still have George Lucas and Carrie Fisher kissing on a bridge? Oh god, yeah. Yeah, weird. Can <laughs> weird that? I can't watch Hulk. It's so going, odd. Why is? Wait, why? Why is that them? Why? Like, now that I've learned that, I can't not unlearn it. Again, not think about it. Dreams. Um, it's fucking weird. I don't know. Does does any character stand out now? As a gentleman who's been on this earth over three decades, does mm. any character stand out in the prequels as, oh no, their performance and purpose and writing, they're legitimately solid. They just deserve to be in a better thing. Or does everyone come away with at least one point doxed? Because, like, I don't think when, anyone I, when comes I was younger, I thought. I th- who, sorry? I don't think anyone comes away untarnished. Because when I was younger, I thought Gwygon was cooler than he is, but let's face it, he's pretty wet sauce. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's just a damp squib. Yeah, like there's not much to him at all. Yet he is our main character, unquote, in Phantom Menace, a film that doesn't have a main character or arguably any characters interesting enough to be defined as an ensemble cast. Like, like we think Padme maybe, but no, because half the film we're not spending it with Padme. We're yeah, spending it was someone else pretending like, to be her. Um, spending it with overdubbed Kira Knightley yeah who who we don't see again but the second film opens with another Padme double being killed implying that they've known each other a long time and also another handmaiden played by Rose Byrne yeah shit yeah oh god bloody hell I don't know um does Maul still stand up as an interesting antagonist? Because he's he's ultimately a lapdog. Like he's Maul is. To he's Phantom not an Menace. interesting antagonist, but he's a cool antagonist. Yeah, he he is to he is to Phantom Menace what Vader can Vader kind of is to um, Star Wars the original. Like looks cool, 
does their thing. Vader gets a bit more, um, a bit more to do because apparently he killed Luke's dad, and mm. him and Obi Wan clearly have a history. And but then after that, he is just the muscle that is fighting on behalf of the bad guys. So they're kind of the same, really, I guess. Um, but then of course Vader gets shitloads more to do later, so it sort of feeds back into him. Um, is Dooku, Dooku to me always never struck me as that interesting either. No, he isn't particularly. It's just, oh, it's I think Christopher Lee a, and you're wasting Christopher Lee. I think that's a, oh, this character was definitely got fleshed out by the Clone Wars. Mm. Um, which I've started, <laughs> yeah. I've started watching now. I'm a, I'm a good, most of the way through the first season, so. I was going to say, if it, if it feels like it's dragging at all to you, skip to mid-season two. It's, it's, it's an Office USA situation. It's like, it's fine, but it actually starts to get sort of meaty and interesting and arc heavy mid series two. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But I, it's just Gen- no. Gen- Genosis stuff and then the Mandalore stuff is where it's like, oh, oh yeah, interconnected threads now. Okay, and that's this the, is interesting. That's the stuff I'm interested in. But uh, you know, for the the first season is just fine for some like flashy background noise to have on while I'm painting or whatever. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's 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 perfect one and done Saturday morning fodder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just don't take a shot every time you hear, um, what's it? All out war! The separatists have gone to the... He's like, oh, jeez. I oh, do love fuck. the newsreel style oh. intro. Yeah. I think that's pretty neat. But yeah, when you're marathoning it, it gets the bit. Theme tune slaps, though. Yeah, well, Star Wars music. Star Wars music always slaps. Star Wars music with some heavy-ass drums. That Clone Wars movie, though. Woof. Did you have you watched that? Yeah. Have you done it to yourself? I've I've cu- I couldn't bear. I it's couldn't do it. Fucking garbage. Mm. It is and isn't it weird because it was it was garbage. it was essentially conceived to advertise like to be a big event to advertise the fact there was going to be a show. Yeah. And and yet it doesn't reflect the show at all from what I know about it. It's it's a comedy caper where they've got to deliver a baby hut from one planet yeah, to another. Yeah, it's way more lighthearted and just not as interesting as anything yeah. the show does. It's also just very small because it's like, why do we keep interacting with Jabba the Hutt? Why do we keep interacting with aliens we've seen yeah. before when the universe yeah. is meant to be fucking massive? Yeah. Like, Ma- Mandalorian waits till mid series two to, like, go, here's a major character that people aware of the TV shows will know. Like, you know, you get a bit of it with Bo Katan, but it's like, they, they wait to. to shovel stuff down your throat of hey here's a reward hmm. thanks for sticking around we spend an entire like 14 episodes going to different places before then and learning about the universe and seeing different species and people doing their own thing and different sectors and the outer rim and all this and i don't know star wars biggest flaw to me is it how small it feels yeah um you know we learn about this cluster and this solar system and this galaxy and the outer rim and all this stuff. Why do we keep meeting the same ten fucking characters? Why do all the bad guys dress the same? Why? Which I know we've, we're coming back to this because we always do, but I think that was the biggest problem I had with the retconning of Last Jedi. Jedi Last yeah. Jedi's reveal that Rey was no one. Because it yeah. just again it makes everything feel smaller. Yeah. Um and also completely shits on the end note of Last Jedi. Yeah. Like I'd be intrigued as to 
someone who's not seen the sequel trilogy, if they binge them now, how jarring would that feel to like watch Last Jedi one night and watch Rise of Skywalker the next night? Well, I've not, I've but not for one film to end Rise on. Skywalker it can be any. It can be anyone. Oh my god, the last shot is a kid, like summoning a broom into his hand yeah and and it's like oh my and then in the next one it'd be like <laughs> jk your grandparents gotta be a palpatine that fucks <laughs> so, what? what i just uh uh yeah eh. um before we go must we must we go um on this fair you, can you fill me in on something that's also been disappointing sure so apparently, Captain Jack's back for Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Right, that was it, folks. Uh, so, yeah. So, fill Doctor- me because I'm seeing disappointment from people, mm. but I'm honestly finding it difficult to get hype about anything Doctor Who related because it's just so... Like, it, it, it almost feels like the... the pro- like the production team doesn't really want to talk about it. The BBC doesn't really want to talk about it. Like no one seems to really want to talk about this thing that they're working on. That this that mm. theoretically they should be excited about and proud of. It just why is nobody talking about? And with the recent anniversary again, it's just been thrown into stark relief that they're sort of not. No one's really. No one seems to be really fussed, and I don't know why. So can can you shed some light on that for me, Chris? From 2005 to 2010, Russell T. Davis, Julie Gardner, Phil Collinson, and, and, and their peers, who also had exec producer positions around the show, and the stars, the show's stars, uh, mostly David Tennant, um, were very open. They were on chat shows. There was always Doctor Who stuff happening. There was a behind-the-scenes show that was on repeat on BBC Three forever, The Wonderful Confidential. Meaning that if you were watching Doctor Who that Saturday night, it was an event. You watched Doctor Who, and then if you wanted a bit more, you had five minutes, you and your family get a cup of tea, chat about what you just watched, flip over, flip over to BBC Three and watch the on-transmission 45-minute episodes of Confidential and mm-hmm. really dive into it. Let it absorb, you know, let it absorb your evening. Your evening belongs to at least an hour and a half of content that is Doctor Who. Yeah, there was, a good, a- there was a good five years that were just... Saturday night is Doctor Who night for me. Yeah. Not only that, Children Need, a brand new special, like pretty much every Children Need in some capacity, either a sneak preview or in a couple of cases, a full like five to ten minute extra piece um, that was not essential, but just real fun and fit in with the show. If you did want to watch it all back to back, you could you can watch um parting of the ways and then watch doctor who children in need the 2005 special and then watch christmas invasion and it all slots (laughs) together this is kind of fun um the toys were in boom at that point that's a whole other discussion as to why that dried up uh you know see grandma connolly and destroyed cassandra for more notes but like (laughs) you know you you'd walk into a supermarket and there'd be doctor who merch you'd walk into toys r us and it was a big bloody explosive wall of the stuff the moment you turned in and went right Mm -hmm. like it was it was an ever-present thing it didn't run out of steam because it was going all steam ahead full steam ahead the Moffat era begins and suddenly that machine looks different, but it's always about. It cracks America. It's got these brilliant series launch trailers that showed in cinemas like Amy and the Doctor tumbling through that vortex. The first look we got of the brand new era. And it's, it's memorable as hell. Like that trailer, mm. them flying through the thing. Like, we all remember it. It's beautiful. Um, 
those stars present on all sorts of stuff. They're rocking up on the one show, faffing about one week. Some of them are on Graham Norton the next week. Um, the toys are still here. Video games start to permeate the world. Um, and all the while we're being fed these little tidbits. Doctor Who magazine, nearly every cover each year was a cover to do with something current, either a bit of breaking news or the series as it was going out. Uh, it was present. It was always around. The 50th anniversary year. Good God, you couldn't move for Doctor Who in that last couple of months. Um, it was glorious. If you're a fan of the show, it was probably one of the most happiest times you've ever had around the show itself. It was great. And then the Capaldi era is where things start to get quiet. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the star of the show, and this is no diss to Mr. Capaldi, like the star of the show is a stern looking old older man. That's the star of the show. So up the monsters, up the excitement, do the thing. Like that's going to put some kids off who maybe haven't seen it before. Kids who are already there for the ride are buying it because they're like, new doctor, yeah. this is exciting. But like you kind of need to be a bit more warm and open. So more monsters, more stuff, more tie-ins. But instead, they focus on pulling in an adult audience more often than the kids. Capaldi himself, amazing with kids. You see him in interviews, you see him appearing as the doctor at the Doctor Who Experience, just to like surprise some school groups. Like He's wonderful with the target audience of the show. Absolutely wonderful. But the show itself is going, hey, you like Game of Thrones, right? Here's some Game of Thrones actors. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you, you you guys you guys loved um uh, freaking like Poldark is Poldark people you like League Gentlemen or Reece Smith in this one like come on it's not going toward the kids um, no the Capaldi era rounds out and we suddenly have a chance to bring in a whole new audience the first ever female Doctor another rebrand the first big real big rebrand in terms of the visual marketing and representation of the show since 2010 and Chris Chibnall uses the Broadchurch. Uh, method of of publicity which is completely close to the chest we yeah. reveal nothing we get the sense uh and this is just speculation but we get the sense that <laughs> nothing was being handed out to the magazine even or the web team doctor who the fan show was doing stuff with capaldi's lot all the time and then suddenly there's nothing like that during the production of this one Kind of get it for the first series. They maybe want to keep it under wraps, surprise everybody. But that's continued. Two series of the current era, of the current Doctor, current lead cast, current showrunner and, and design and look. And we've barely been given anything. It's almost made the show feel like it's, I don't know, reluctant to come out. Yeah. And I no, don't think that's it's... The sense, I don't... That's the sense that I'm getting. And I don't think it's from a place of like, oh, we don't want backlash. I think it's just from a, no, 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 we'll show it you when we've finished. Which is fine, but in the meanwhile, with a delay between series 11 and 12, and then this year, obviously, like, confusing things further, we now know that series 20, uh, series 21, we're talking <laughs> about, uh, series uh, 13 is not only being shot right now, as of last week, it started um, on set production, Uh to go along with coronavirus rules and regulations and safety, it's going to be a shorter series of eight episodes. Um, hopefully they'll take advantage of that and make them all hour-length stories. Um, it will be uh, out in qu third quarter 2021 is the current projected date, so autumn 2021. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's not too long of a wait between series, really. We had spring this year, autumn next year. Sure, that's happened before. Yeah. Um. You know, but in the in between, we've been pummeled with Time Lord Victorious, 
big finish announcements, VR projects, VR games, um, an upcoming trading card computer game, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a merch boom for the action figure collector's market, yet not current show centered and exclusive to one chain of stores that have its own kind of weird thing of, oh, yay, more toys, but also, oh, no, people buy them in bulk on day one and scalp them, which just leaves a sour taste in the mouth. Mm. Um, Time Law Victorious is a clusterfuck. Like, how do you follow it? The person who's outside of the world of following the show intently is like, what is that? Is Tenant coming back? Yeah. No. <clears throat> oh, is it a comic or something? I don't know. Um, more box set announcements. This year, Doctor Who has had announcement after announcement after announcement. Very few releases, but a lot of announcements. Mm. Um, all of them have been about things not to do with the current show. They've all been past legacy event stuff that isn't anything to do with the current TV series. I mean, even even Edge of Reality, the, the non-VR um, extended version of the VR game Edge of Time from early this year won't be coming out till spring 2021. Yeah. <clears throat> for, I cannot believe this, for, as far as the console generation is concerned, Xbox One and PS4 only. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No. What is wrong with you? Oh my God. Like, talk about missing an opportunity to get in on that next-gen action now that it's happening and how in the new year more people will inevitably get hold of these consoles when more are available and people have money. Like, just... uh, Like, it's going to die. The game is going to die on console as a result. Um, So that's annoying. But also the show's been super secretive again. Now, the Christmas special was filmed ages ago, um, which is why it's ready to be shown over the festive series but here's why people are not excited in the immediate way aside everything i've just discussed is all about why the palpable sense of excitement for this show has kind of disappeared as far as i'm concerned based on my observations of the franchise yeah it's just it's just fizzled fizzled away for me but i don't think i don't think anyone is like oh yeah and doctor who's on i think it's more like oh doctor who's on as well which Mm. is weird because even as recently as 2018, it was like, oh, yes, Doctor Who, bring it on. Um, a few reasons for that. One, we don't have a release date. As of this recording on November the 25th, we don't know what the release date of the festive special is. Chances are it's a New Year's Eve or a New Year's Day kind of job because yeah. that's what the last special was. It was a New Year's Day episode resolution. Um, but because it's been announced as part of BBC's Christmas lineup and the fact that it's one of the very few completed and not in a three 10 minute specials made over zoom vicar of dibley kind of way um which you know hey i'm grateful to see geraldine again but you know it's atypical that we've made a bunch of zoom programs yeah. um which can be great see staged on iplayer but you know it's just, <laughs> the novelty will wear off if every bastard's doing it yeah um yeah. and for who, some things it's not going to make sense yeah yeah now doctor who has a special a feature length special ready to go Seems like a no-brainer to just put it on Christmas Day. Or even just go, it's going to be on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we're going to put the Doctor Who special on. There you go. So before everyone goes to bed, watch a brand new Doctor Who adventure, and then Christmas the next day. Or, hey, it's going to be on Christmas Day in the evening, because it's one of the few complete things we have that was Mm. shot before pandemics. Great. Awesome. 
We still don't have a date. On the 23rd of November, it was Doctor Who's 57th anniversary. Uh, 57th? Yes, 57th anniversary. And yeah. we weren't given a date. We were told, coming soon. We've been told, coming soon, since earlier this year, when we were told it would be coming out over the festive period yeah, at some yeah. point. They released a poster. Poster's quite a nice graphic. The special is uh, Revolution of the Daleks, and we see the new Dalek design on there. Bit weird. It's what the reconnaissance cobbled together one looks like, implying that either the cobbled together one wasn't a charming steampunk DIY version of a Dalek. <laughs> it was a pretty damn accurate version of what a version of a Dalek apparently looks like, which kind of takes the charm away from it. But anyway, um, or they've gone, that was fun, just... 3D print a boatload of those and paint them black and silver instead and that's the new Dalek design. Um, but whatever. Yay, Daleks. Cool. However, we've been worn down on the Daleks this year because every spin-off media has used them. They've been a big part of every event. They have an animated series on the YouTube channel right now. They are in Time Lord Victorious. They're in an upcoming 10th Doctor and Dalek event series from Big Finish. Yep. They're in the games. Like just Daleks, Daleks all day, Daleks all night. Sick of them. Don't want to see them again. Tell them to piss <laughs> off. I'm so bored of them. Um, it's like the Joker. I'm bored of the Joker. I'm bored of him. Let him go away for a bit and then do something with him. I'm bored of him. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> love, love these characters. Love these designs. Love these villains and the world they're from. You can have too much of a good thing. Um, yep. Spare them out. I mean, for Christ's sake, this year the two biggest DC events have been, uh, what was it Joker Wars and Three and Jokers? The Three Jokers. <clears throat> There's also been a sequel to White Knight, which is about the Joker. Mm-hmm. And oh, Jared Leto is going to be in the Justice League reshoots. And I was just like, I go away, piss off, <laughs> like go away, Joker. I'm so bored. Same with the Daleks. So that's another level of fatigue. Um. The poster is a nice poster. And had they released the poster with a release date at the bottom of it, I think the response would have been, oh, shit, okay. And that would have been the response. That would have made it a nicer poster. Yeah. But it just says, coming soon. They also revealed with an 11-second clip, only about three seconds in vision, the rest of it's dark with the sound effect, that Captain Jack Harkness is returning for the festive special. Which makes sense... Off the back of series 12, he appeared mid-series, dropping a hint about something, and it, it felt like it needed a bookmark. It need, Sorry, a bookend. It felt like it needed a... And P.S. The finale to the year being the special ties yeah. in, and here it is. Sure. Great. Fine. This has been rumoured since series 12 aired earlier this year. Yeah. Confirming this rumour... Does not a hype machine make? <laughs> yes, Captain Jack trended on Twitter for a few hours afterwards, uh, confusing a lot of people who never watched Doctor Who because there were just pictures of Captain Jack Sparrow all over Twitter. But like, <laughs> you know, it, it's sure great. There are people who love that character. I, I myself am very fond of that character, so I'm like, cool. And. You confirmed a rumor that we all kind of took as, yeah. as 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 happening. You showed us Daleks, which we all saw in leaked photos earlier this year. Yeah, that don't look that much different from the last Dalek we saw. And you still didn't tell us what time it's on or what day it's on. How about a trailer? 
anything else? We're a month out. We're a month away, presumably. We don't know the day. But, like, we're a month out. Just give us something. Even if it's a teaser, give us a 30-second teaser with some shots that confirm, like, a couple little moments. And then, boom. You know? Yeah. Or a specially shot teaser, at least. Like, even if it's not something in the episode, just a specially shot teaser of the Doctor scrolling away with a tally on her wall in the cell. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, something to make us be like, oh, okay. She's been there a while. All yeah. right. Just something. Uh, you know, a TARDIS-ode. Do you remember the TARDIS-odes? Series two and three got TARDIS-odes. Love a TARDIS-ode, mate. BBC, on the BBC Doctor Who website back in 20, 2006, 2007, there were these short episodes, like a minute, two minutes long, of something to do with that week's story. And they were usually they usually featured a character from that week's episode. Yeah. Not necessarily even a main one, just a character that we, at some point would pop up when you watched it and you go, oh, they were in the they were in the little episode on the website. Yeah, a little prologue um, chapter. Yeah, like the last day uh, for the 50th anniversary. Like mm. we meet we meet the head of the command and then he's just he's in Day of the Doctor. You're like, oh shit, it was that guy from the from the thing. Um you know, there's some great ones, like the uh the the if I remember correctly, the Tooth and Claw one is is the monk that gets attacked and bitten by the werewolf and and who's then in the cage. So you like you learn about that night and Yeah. They they were great. Something like that. Just a two minute like weird little sneak preak thing that isn't in the episode, but informs us of oh, so that's where we're going with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just It's not like it can't be done. It's just I feel like the show's reluctance to give us anything is part of why the enthusiasm is dying. Yeah. It. it works for Broadchurch. We don't want to know the mystery. But for this... It's a different kind of show. Give us something. Yeah. Just something to so look anything. forward to. Anything yeah. to look for. God knows we need it. Hmm. Wonder Woman. We've had trailers. We had a bonus trailer. We've had release date updates. Mm-hmm. We now know when it's coming out. And how it's coming out. Great. Cannot wait. Hyped as fuck. Black Widow. We don't know when it's coming out. We know it's next year sometime. We've got the date that they've penciled in. We've seen enough to be like, all right. Put it in the back of our minds. <coughs> Nearer the time, they'll drop one more trailer to make us go, yeah. And then we'll go <laughs> see it and we'll be hyped up. You know? Like this, I just... This is the first Christmas... For, you know, numerous reasons, but, like, this is the first Christmas where I'm going to be home on Christmas Eve and not going anywhere on, on Boxing Day. Like, I'm not yeah. going back to an engagement, to a job. Like, I'm going to be home Christmas Eve, here Christmas Day, probably isolating based on the rules. It's still being figured out. But, um, so I won't see anyone till the new year uh, at all. Um, apart from Lucy, he'll be, like, in a hazmat suit going, Hello, darling, can I get you a cup of tea? <laughs> yes. Um... But, you know, like, this first Christmas I'll be home forever. This is the first time I'll be able to watch Doctor Who TX, if it is indeed Christmas Day, properly. Like, last few years, I've, I've when it's been on Christmas Day, I've watched it, but usually after Lou's fallen asleep, knackered from the excitement of the day, and then I've just had it on in the background, or I've got back to my digs on Boxing Day uh, in Lincoln the last few years, done the Boxing Day performances, and then in that evening, gone back to my thingy, wrapped up warm um cracked open uh, <laughs> open a beer and of them watch doctor who on iplayer and be like all oh, right cool um 
looking forward to it. They're like end of Boxing Day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch the Christmas special. This will be great. Um, I the no the knowledge that this year I'm like maybe I'll get that Christmas Day doesn't have me fussed at the minute. It's just eh. Yeah. Let's all just watch the bottom Christmas episode instead. Why not? <laughs> Why not? We could all do with a bit more bottom. Gold, um, Frankenstein, and girl. <laughs> God, it's good. It is so good. Um, How about you, gentle listener? Do you have any hype for the Doctor Who Christmas special? And if not, why do you think that is? Let us know. We're curious. Because, hey, in the next week, they could cave and give us something else, but probably not. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter anytime you like. At BigDamnCast. That's us. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, keep it basically on the internet. Pay pay for its storage, you bastards. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. And better yet, you can interact live with the Big Damn Cast's most hirsute gentlemen Mondays and Fridays on Twitch.tv slash BigDamnStream from 7 3D. currently playing God of War, which I, I've started as well. We're doing dueling God of Wars. Dueling Gods of yeah, Wars. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sort of playing it on different days in smaller chunks. To War see of God of Wars. Yeah. Yeah. How are you finding it? Because I am not used to that Souls-style trigger button combat. It. I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. I've um, I've met, I've met Brock's brother, so y- you're not too far behind me. Okay, but that'll give you an indication as to where I've bothered to get up to at the moment. When you get back to it on Friday, um, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring. I d- I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I've only just discovered how to play Among Us, Matt. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> um. And I'm playing it free on mobile because I'm a cheapskate. But anyway, uh, there's a war on everyone. Shut up. Anyway, um, let us know your Doctor Who thoughts. Let us know anything you want to know. And hey, if any pop culture happens between now and next week, we'll be here. And if no pop culture happens between now and next week, the curse says that we still have to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And we will. I am the curse. The curse curse is Matt. What are you eating? Maltesers. Oh, Oh, I'll drink to that. I mean, fuck it, I'll drink to anything these days in the war. I'm, I'm down in it. Yeah. Say goodbye to the people on the other room. Uh, goodbye, Chris is drinking. Glug, 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 glug. Oh, I forgot it was a triple. <laughs>